And it is Jesus who makes this a glorious day. Welcome to this morning's broadcast. We are so glad you could join us. Today, Pastor Elliot continues to teach Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 31. Please turn to these verses in your Bibles. And with his message is our pastor, Robert Elliot. Another fact to face, not only do none of us deserve justification, but uh, none of us can earn or work towards salvation by keeping God's law. Galatians 2.21, listen. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died needlessly. If we could keep the law and earn our own right standing with God, then Christ would have died needlessly. But because none of us can keep all of God's laws 100% of the time, Christ died needfully, needfully. Now, more on justification. What does justification mean? There are two of them. First, the means of God justifying you is the redemptive work of Christ's death. See that with me in the second part of verse 24. I'll read all the verse. Being justified as a gift by his grace, watch it, through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Redemption is God's work of purchasing the sinner out of the slave marketplace of sin to set that redeemed person free from sin free to do the bidding of God to God's glory. Hosea went to the slave marketplace at God's design, and there his wife stood naked after a life of prostitution, and Hosea paid the price to release her from the slave marketplace of sin and to set her free to marital fidelity and to honoring God with her life. You and I were in the slave marketplace of sin. And Jesus laid down his blood to purchase us out of the slave marketplace of sin to redeem us, not with corruptible things like silver or gold, but with his precious blood. Never get over it. First means of justification is the redemptive work of Jesus' death. The second means of our justification is the propitiation of Christ's death, the propitiation of Christ's death. Verse 25, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed. Propitiation is a Bible word that means satisfactory payment. When you put your car in with the mechanic and he does that brake job your car needs, when you give him the money that he said it would cost to fix your brakes, you have given him a propitiation. He has no claim on you financially anymore because you've paid in full what you owed him. Christ, in his finished work on the cross, his shed blood, was a propitiation to heaven for all your sins, past, present, and future. All of my sins, past, present, and future. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Full payment, entirely sufficient for all the sin debts in the room, 
for all the sin debt that's in the world. Appeasement, total satisfaction for sin's injury and offense. Hebrews 9, 11 to 14, listen. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things to come, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation, and not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood, he entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling those who have been defiled sanctify for the cleansing of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, Cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Oh, yes, Jesus Christ's sacrifice was propitiation to God the Father. Total payment for our sins. And then in Leviticus 16, 14 to 16, we read, Moreover, he, that is Israel's human high priest, moreover, he shall take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle it on his finger on the mercy seat on the east side. Also in front of the mercy seat, he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times. Then he shall slaughter the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people, and bring its blood inside to the veil and do with its blood as he did with the blood of the bull and sprinkle it on the mercy seat in front of the mercy seat. He shall make atonement for the holy place because of the impurities of the sons of Israel and because of their transgressions to regard all their sins. And they he shall do for the tent of meeting which abides with them in the mind of their impurities. Family, Christ's blood, not a bull's blood, not a goat's blood. Christ's blood is the one and only Satisfactory to God payment for sin. All the blood sacrifices of all the animals in the Old Testament were looking forward to the cross and the shed blood of the Messiah. Propitiation. It says in verse 25 that because in the forbearance of God he passed over the sins previously committed. He passed over means that up until Calvary, holy God didn't pour out his full wrath on sin. He waited to do that, the pouring out of his full wrath on sin, that he poured it out on the Lamb of God, his only begotten Son, slain once for all time, the just for the unjust, being hung on a wooden cross. But because holy God's full wrath against all of human sin for all time was meted out, given out, poured out onto Jesus on the cross, all of our sins, past, present, future sins, are covered. Are you glad? They're atoned for. They're forgiven. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. I ran across some believers once who didn't fully understand justification. And they felt that the words of Charles Wesley's great hymn, And Can It Be, needed to be changed, so they took the liberty to change the words. Specifically, they had a problem with verse 5, which is written, was written. Still the small inward voice I hear that whispers all my sins forgiven. 
Still the atoning blood is near that quenched the wrath of hostile heaven. These believers, well-meaning as they are, don't want to look at any hostility towards sin in heaven, but it's there. There is a holy hostility against sin and evil in heaven. Otherwise, God's righteousness and holiness are meaningless. Romans 4, 25, if you go there with me, still on justification. He, that is Christ, who was delivered up, that is to the cross, because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. Jesus was delivered up because we are sinners, every one of us. If we weren't sinners, Jesus wouldn't have been delivered up at the cross. It wouldn't have been necessary. He was delivered up because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. If God the Father didn't see Jesus shed blood as a propitiation, entirely satisfactory payment for all sin, he never would have resurrected his son from the dead. But he did. Proof positive that nothing can be added to what Jesus did to pay for sin and nothing needs to be added to what Jesus did to pay for sin. This means that holy God is just and fair when he declares righteous all who place their complete trust in Christ to be their sin bearer, their substitute sacrifice. God is both just to his character and fair because your sins have been punished on Jesus. None of your sins are left unpunished. Jesus bore the punishment for your sins. God didn't wink at sin. He poured his wrath onto his son. In the Palestinian midday sunlight went dark. The curtain in the Jews' temple was ripped from top to bottom. The graves of believers in Jerusalem shook and they resurrected to life. That's how big a deal Christ's death on the cross is. Thanks, Pastor Rob, for your message today. And now it's time for Youth Talk with Pastor Nicholas Rogers. Good morning. This is Pastor Nicholas. I serve here as the youth pastor at Calvary Bible Church. And today we want to continue on our series on Stronger. And we want to, as we already looked at, we looked at how right now we know in our country we're going through a tough time. But as we already have seen all over the place and we, we continue to say Bahama Strong and continue to try to do what we can to to rebuild um, from the devastation of Hurricane Dorian. Um, but we want to look at God's Word, and we want to look at how this morning we're designed to gather together. You see, we're not made to be in isolation. We're not made to be an island, to be by ourselves. But we are made to gather and design to need other people in our lives. And for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about what we can do when we face losses, challenges, and failures. We talked about how Jesus can redeem what's gone wrong in our lives and how when life doesn't make sense, God can be trusted. We looked at it last time. We talked about how Joseph, the life of Joseph, and we look at the, the life that he went through and the things that he went through. God had a plan for his life, and he could not see it, but God already saw it and knew exactly what was going to happen. But he did not know that when he was sold into slavery that he would be, again, having his brothers bow down and, and, and be able to supply for his brothers during the famine. And today we want to look at the Apostle Paul and what he says in, in Romans chapter 5, starting at verse 2, and it says this, 
We have also obtained access through him by faith into grace, in which we stand and rejoice in that hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions, because we know that affliction produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. We see that, as it says in verse 2, we have obtained access through Him by faith. We have access because of the crucifixion. We have access because of what Christ went through for us. But it says that something that we would never think about. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Yes, we rejoice in that. And not only in that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions. Think about that. You rejoice in the afflictions. Again, that doesn't make sense to us. That, that is something that we want to even talk about. But when we think of the life of Paul and we think of what Paul went through, he went through so much in his life. Paul was thrown into prison, shipwrecked. Um, we know exactly all the different things. But Paul said we can rejoice in our pain. And again, that seems weird. But nobody throws a party when they fail a test. No one throws a party when a big problem comes their way or a mistake happens. But Paul says we have a legitimate reason to find joy in our pain. We rejoice because loss and failure produce perseverance. And perseverance over time produces character. You see, if you ever want to know the type of person that you truly are or, or, or see a person, you'll see who they are when they go through a trial and tribulation. You'll see when they're squeezed, just like when we squeeze the orange, the juice comes out. We will see what's really in that person when they go through these tough times. You see, it's easy to put a show on when things are going the way we want to go. It's easy to put a good face on and, and let people think that everything is all right. But when the trials and the tribulations come, where do you go? Where do you turn? You know, when we consider what we're going through in this country right now with the, the aftermath of the Hurricane Dorian, this is when we really see how much we really depend on God. Where is your faith? What, where do you turn when you go through these trials and tribulations? We have a God that we can turn to. This is how we develop character. This is how our character and how we become more like Christ. Because what makes us think that we're not going to face any suffering when Christ has faced all the suffering for us on our behalf on the cross? You see, no matter what Paul says, Think about it. Have you ever tried to be happy about your own pain and suffering? It's not easy. But as we think about this and we, and we look at God's word, we need to understand that we can't do this on our own. As Paul is not just writing this for himself, but he's writing this to the church in Rome. And he's telling them, look, we need each other. This is not just us. This is not just for us to go through. You think about it. If you put yourself in one place and you, and you go... In a corner, you're going to need people. You're going to need people to come and encourage you, especially when you're going through trials and tribulations. You see, we live in a society today where suicide is on the rise more than any other time because people don't know how to deal with problems. People don't know. They don't want to talk about it. And these are people who are in isolation who want to try to do it on their own. But Paul is saying that we are a part of community, that we need to understand Verse 4 says, endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. 
This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. You see, Paul assumed this letter would be read again by the entire church, a group of people committed to God and to each other. If we want to understand what Paul is saying, we have to understand the context that Paul was writing in. With that in mind, as we look at, we're going to look at God's word next week and we're going to see how Paul writes this to the church and what living the Christian life and how we go through the suffering, what are we supposed to do? He's going to show us what the Christian life is all about. And when we consider this and as we think about what we've looked at today, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to think about your life right now. I want you to ask yourself, where is God in your life? Where does God fit in your everyday life? The second thing I want to know is, what happens when you go through trials and tribulations? Where do you turn? Are you a person that try to do it on your own and you realize you fail? You know, as we uh, are talking this morning and, and looking at this, you know, if I'm transparent this morning, I'm a person sometimes I try to do it on my own. Or when I'm going through tough times or, or trials, I most of the time sometimes keep it in. But the problem comes is that when I keep it in, it's got to eventually come out. And what happens a lot of times is it comes out on the people who I love and care about the most. And it hurts them. And what I'm going through has nothing really to do with those individuals. But because I have this relationship with them, for some reason, I know that they love me and, you know, they're there for me. I let it out on them. But that's not what it should be. As it's saying right here in this verse, we need to turn to God. We need to let our, we need to give it to Him. We need to understand that it produces endurance. It, and, and we allow our character to be proven. So I want to challenge you. What comes out when you are squeezed? Is it the righteousness of Christ? Or is it anger, bitterness, deceit? All the things that we could think of. Because that's what happens a lot of times. We allow ourselves to fall into the trap of letting our circumstances dictate to us who we are instead of letting God deal with our circumstances and us being molded to become more like Him. I would challenge you to let your life shine and let you become more like Him through the circumstances and give it over to Him because He can help you. And remember, surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you because that is exactly what you need when you go through these tough times. And now, today's Ministry Spotlight. Well, good morning, listeners. I have Nathan Sawyer, Director of our Media Services at Calvary Bible Church in the studio with me this morning. Good morning, Nathan. Good morning. So pleased to have Nathan with us. Beth and I have been marveling at the variety of media services that Calvary Bible Church is blessed to provide. And uh, Nathan has been at the center of those uh, for some years and does an excellent job along with all of his team of workers. I thought I'd like to throw a window open for our listeners, Nathan, on some of the variety of things that you and your team do by way of media services at Calvary Bible Church. Okay. Well, weekly we put out some publications, which include our Calvary Bible Church bulletin and prayer letters, as well as sermon notes and those kind of uh, paper publications. Um, We also do video publications on a weekly basis, 
for our online viewers. Um, We would have videos of our Sunday services that would both be streamed live and uh, available at a later point in time for their review. There's also um, our video announcements, which we politely call CBC News, Mm -hmm, which uh, gives the uh, viewer um, an idea of what's going on in the body this week and upcoming events. And um, that's available online, as well as we show that in both our 8 and 11 a.m. services. Then we have this, our weekly radio uh, broadcast that is uh, broadcast on 1540 ZNS every week at 7.30 a.m. Then uh, we do audio services. Um, We provide uh, service audio for both our our Sunday morning services, concerts, funerals, and weddings. Um, We can provide video services for those as well. Um, And then we have a a group of uh, faithful persons who do our projection um, work, and they would project our song lyrics and um, sermon notes and all those things that make a service flow very easily. And then we have um, social media persons who uh, would be on pages like our Facebook page. That's uh, Calvary Bible Church at CBC Body on Facebook. And um, they would make uh, a lot of these other resources that are published to our web page available to those who might only visit our Facebook uh, entity. That is a lot. I'm just tired and smiling listening to that list. We are so blessed. I know that there are larger, numerically larger ministries in the U.S. and Canada that don't have nearly this variety of media service support. So I thank the Lord for you and for your team and for all the hard work uh, you put in as unto the Lord every each and every week. Tell me a little bit about how you view media services. It's more than just the list that you ran down, isn't it? Well, yes, it is. And I'll start by saying that uh, that ministry, the media ministry, is a very vital ministry to the church. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not my key ministry. Um, my key ministry is the discipleship of young men and, and women, but but mostly young men. And uh, media is the tool in which I use to do that. We would normally catch the the persons who don't fit into Sunday school or are um, looking for something else to do during a service. Sometimes even the troublesome individuals in your church who walk around frequently or talk um, incessantly are always on their cell phone during a service, we tend to attract those persons with the technology that we use. That's a hook, and that gets their interest. And from there, we try to explain that, one, you need to have a relationship in Jesus Christ. Yes. And after they've either come to place faith in Jesus Christ or profess that they are already in the Lord, mm-hmm. um, we, we work further to disciple them, that uh, they get in the Word, they plug in, they grow spiritually as they grow um, in the work of the media. And, you know, it grows beyond that. We, we have uh, uh, persons in our media ministry who have left the church and are involved in discipleship programs in other churches. Um, we have uh, gentlemen in our own ministry uh, who are or were um, deacons um, or elders in training, small group leaders, discipleship group leaders, um, etc. 
It's fantastic to see those persons that may have come showing just an interest in in uh, technology, as you've said, but they've come to understand that uh, a developing faith and love for Jesus Christ is really what's most important. And I know that uh, that's your heart to help steer those individuals to walk closer with the Lord Jesus. And it's really exciting to see that. Do you have any other thoughts that uh, would be good to let our listeners know about? You've shared a lot of information already. Well, if someone listening would be interested, um, whether to be plugged in at Calvary in our media department, or if they're already active in some other ministry and would just like some further training, or, or you know, just contact me at the church office um, Tuesday through Friday. The number is 326-0800, and I'll be happy to talk with you. Excellent. Why don't we just close this segment off before I pray? Uh, what's that Facebook? Uh, it's Calvary Bible Church at CBC Body on Facebook. All lowercase, CBC Body. That's correct. As in Body of Christ. And then our email is info at calvarybible.org.bs. And our webpage is calvarybible.org.bs. Nathan, you're a joy uh, partner in the ministry and a friend, and I thank you for all that you do, many countless hours you put in. And I like to say to people who who ask, you know, the difference between um, a servant of the Lord and um, a person who's really not a servant of the Lord is that an employee looks at the clock engages his or her work based on, well, now it's time to work and now it's time to quit. A servant uh, doesn't watch the clock. They stay and do their best uh, until the job is done. And I just want to give God glory and you thanks for being that kind of a servant, brother. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's have a word of prayer together. Oh, gracious God, we thank you that the Lord Jesus Christ came to earth as the supreme servant the one who would willingly lay down his life for us to shed his blood to pay for all of our sins, past, present, and future. And Lord, today I commit and commend to you uh, Brother Nathan Sawyer and his media team at Calvary Bible Church. I pray that you would continue to richly bless them in their work. I thank you that their work, with its quality and comprehensive nature, is such a blessing to our local church family, to the city of Nassau, and by extension through the radio and the internet, to the family islands and, in fact, the world. Lord, I pray you'd encourage these who work in the media services department of this local church. Bless them, guide them, help them provide equipment that they need, technologies that they may need to secure. Give them all that they have need of, Lord, to the end that you be made much of and glorified in all things. And last, Lord, thank you for those that are presently being trained to be fully committed followers of Christ through our media services department. And please bring more to us, Lord, more young people, people of all ages that you want to see walk close to you in obedient discipleship through the media services ministries of Calvary Bible Church. We love you, Lord, and we can say that because you have first loved us. And we pray in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ's name together. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church, Nassau, Bahamas. Today, our worship service begins at 10.30 a.m. in the sanctuary located at 62 Collins Avenue. 
we invite you to join us. Feel free to write us at eocradio at gmail.com. That's eocradio at gmail.com or write us at P.O. Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And remember, everyone needs a savior.